And good evening. Welcome to another edition of Make Some Intelligent Noise, Hot Sauce with Rochelle and Guest. And so tonight is, uh, t joining me tonight, a Boston babe. You know her and you love her as Abundance Child. I call her Impressa. <laughs> she is an empress for the kingdom that she is building and has built. So welcome. Peace and grace, sis. Peace and grace. And I want to get right into it because, uh, of course, the timing is always important. But because you are a Boston babe, you took it from, you're the rose that grew from concrete. You took a little seed of something that your mom was able to bless you with. And now you've grown it into an empire. Okay. All right. And the question is, living in a patriarchal world, a world where men, particularly older white men, rule this world, this nation, the United States anyway, how did you do that? How many times did you get called a bitch? Or have you ever been called that? Did you ever sit in the boardroom and have to explain or justify your strength? Tell me about that. I don't believe that the white man and kids control the world. I'm like, that is a delusion. Like, that's a commercial. I do not have to buy that product. So, I just, it, never, it hasn't affected me in that way. Like, I really started Drop Squad Kitchen because I didn't want to work for anybody else. So, I really just wanted to have my own money. I remember making $300 and feeling like I am shit. <laughs> I felt really good about going to drop. I'm going to Shoprite. I had a budget, and I could buy my little things. So I could make more kale salad, yes. make more smoothies, and put out a text list and tell everybody I'm making falafel sandwiches. Right, uh, barbecue falafel on pita with cucumber and my special sauce. And <laughs> we have smoothies and. Come get it. You can pick it up at Molly's Old Fashioned Ice Cream and Deli, located on the riverfront. That text list got, text list got so big, child. I was like, I need to make a menu. So I posted it on Facebook page, on my yeah. Facebook page. I was right. like, this is the menu for Drop Squad Kitchen. We're located in Molly's Old Fashioned Ice Cream and Deli. The people who came in for Drop Squad Kitchen started out doing the customers who were coming in for Molly's. Wow. You know what I mean? It was just a very <coughs> natural thing. And it was just me trying to make money. Yes. Then it was like, I'm having $3,000, I mean, you know, days instead of yeah. $300 yeah. days. I'm like, balling. You can't tell me nothing. Right. And um, Instagram is popping at this time. So I'm taking pictures of my food. And people are like, what is that? Wait, where can you get this at? Mm -hmm, mm -hmm. And I'm doing this thing called Soul Food Saturday. So I'm making vegan ribs and fried chicken and pork chop. And didn't realize, like, I'm doing this every day. So I keep perfecting my craft. I didn't even know that this was a craft. I thought it was my hustle. Right, right, I'm like, right. Shit, I ain't got clock in, clock out. You know, so this is my hustle. Hmm. And people are saying, yeah, you're so good. She's the best chef. I'm like, chef? You know, chef? I yeah. am the chief. And chef actually means chief in French. But I'm yes. just like, you know. Yes. I'm like, this is really me just building my family. I'm making sure that my daughters have a place that they can work. That yeah. They don't yeah. have to beg for a job in somebody else's neighborhood. But at some point, you definitely still had to answer to some form of paperwork or some filing it's or something. It's a contract. 
It's like, a contract. I know that. I don't believe in that ish. That's why I'm like, I'm not. I don't necessarily like. I never wanted to have to take a loan for somebody or a grant. So you could be looking into my books, into my stuff, and saying that I can't talk about COVID and we have to be, you know, vaccinated just because I got your money. Like I'm good with that. Yeah. So I'm like, I'm gonna use Drop Squad Kitchen like the Girl Scouts use Girl Scout cookies. Okay. I'm gonna fund my own stuff with you know, the money I make there so I can do the other stuff that I want to do, like festivals and Thursday nights and going away on vacation and making my own hours. And if I don't feel like opening up the store, I could change the Google hours and be at the beach in two hours and get some healing (laughs) on. Like, but you couldn't just tell a boss, like, hey, I'm not coming in. I need a self-care day, you know? Yeah, yeah. So that's why I did it. And I stayed with that. And... I struggled because I see other people who I feel like are not as qualified or doing things for the right reasons. They're just trying to make that money and be into the vegan. And I'm seeing people coming and going and getting money. And I feel like even passing me up. You spread in the market then now because I used to be the only vegan restaurant, but I'm not. So I got to start to straighten up. So that and that way I answer the folks and also because I, I rent, I lease, I don't own my property yet. Okay. So that is like the only contract that I'm willing to have. I'm willing to pay insurance. I'm willing to get a license. Not me, but my business entity. Yes. yes. I'm willing to ha- go through inspection. I'm willing to, you know, take cash or credit. Like those are the types of contracts I deal with. But I ain't going to yes. be sitting in nobody's boardroom trying to... Uh, advocate why you need to give me $300,000. I mean, I've never did a GoFundMe. Imagine when I finally put one out for me instead of just promoting everybody else's ish. So I haven't even had to do that yet. So what I'm doing right now is building up my portfolio. I have Drop Squad Kitchen, but I'm also known to help produce and sponsor other festivals, mm-hmm. volunteer. I'm a philanthropist. I Drop Squad Kitchen, um, we donated $17,000 in 2021 to the community. That's how much stuff we didn't ring up. So I'm just saying, like, we're doing a lot. We provide you were You were highlighted in uh, one of the eatery magazines. Which Mm -hmm. one was that? I'm so many of them. (laughs) You know, we'll just just keep it local. Delaware Today, Out and About, Mm -hmm. News Mm -hmm. Journal, Delaware Online, W-H-Y-Y. Yes. um, W-H-G-E. W-H-G-E. USA Today. Yes. You know, you know, we've done some, we've, we've been recognized people around the United States. Even yesterday at Soul Food Saturday, a brother was just like, you know, was concerned about our ticket time. He's like, I came all the way from Baltimore. The guy was like, shoot, I came from Connecticut. <laughs> I'm like, what a blessing. Yes. Like, Listen, I got you. Let me yes. make your stuff. Like, what, how much time do you have? And of yeah. course... People soften up after a yes. while when they taste that food. They're like, yeah. I would have waited two hours. Yes, yes. So, and I think they love the personal touch of you coming out and doing it yourself. Yeah. Like that's that's a, when the owner comes out and makes your sandwich. There's something special but about that's that. That's another thing. Like you know, I only something do special. that on Saturdays, and I let the people know, like I will be present on Saturdays. On my second home front, which is Drop Squad Kitchen. Right. But I am retired. Let it be remembered and always be known. I retired from Drop Squad Kitchen. And your 20, children, your 20, children took over, right? My daughter Ananatawa is the president. Yes. So yes, um, they're running it along with help with my mother, uh, both of my brothers, uh, my sister, and um, Order Mother Earth. Um, my community. She's yes. also a part of it. I have so many different partnerships 
And it's yeah. not done. Our business model is not done in a regular corporate LLC structure type of way. Yeah. I've started to understand um, why you create entities, how you create entities, and all of the science that goes behind that and structuring your organization to make it work for you. I'm trying to work smarter and not harder. Yes. I don't necessarily need an LLC. I don't feel like there's a lot of liability in what it is that I'm doing. However, I might, this is my ministry. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. You know what I mean? This is something that, um, it's a nonprofit aspect. It's not saying that we don't make money, but we use our profits for food, shelter, clothing, transportation, communication. Yes. And so that we can have stipends to go on vacation. Yes. You know what I mean? Yes. Like, I love that. Bravo. Yeah, so That's bravo. because I don't buy into that paradigm, just like my body, my choice, I have a choice if I want to take the COVID vaccination. If it's a requirement that I have to take that vaccination in order to have a J-O-B, then I'm going to make sure I keep doing the right things with Drop Squad Kitchen because I'm not doing that. Yes. If it's a requirement that you get to have access to my books and you can tell me that I can't call something the black and more chili because somebody finds it offensive, then I don't want your grant money. Yes. <laughs> Do you understand? Yes. So just having an awareness. I think it's good, you know, that we know these things, but I want my people to know that so what that United States is the dominant you know, purported sovereign on the land. Mm-hmm. We know that we are the sovereigns on the land. We are the original caretakers, the mm-hmm. Aboriginal indigenous people. Yes. Even the treaties have, new treaties have said that African Americans, those no, misnomered as African Americans, <laughs> are indigenous. So we need to be using our businesses, our home fronts, our religions, and everything. To you know, to that benefit and not just being in a black corporate status Mm -hmm. because somebody told you that that's what you are and that, you know, you can't get this loan because of your race or, you know, you have to get this loan and be at a board where people could call you bitches. No, my God. We're not doing that. Well, now that we're post George Floyd, the murder of George Floyd and uh, the trial of Derek Chauvin, right? Like everything has changed. More black people, brown people are on television commercials and advertisements and shows. And we're just all over. We're being highlighted now as a beautiful people. And I love that. Uh, But I want to say that I really love your story. I love your journey. Uh, And I know because we're friends and sisters, I know some of the hardships that you've had to endure and overcome the lessons you've had to learn uh, as a result of just you being who you are, your own self enterprise, your own self, you know, empire, you and your family, your nation. But I I love the story because it encourages me. Uh, but in another part, it, it really makes me do a lot of self-reflection. You know, I'm, I'm 59 years old, just a penny short of 60. And I've lived my life, you know, I was a hooligan as a young person. Oh my God, the shenanigans that I got involved in. You know, I, I thank God I never had to, I never got in any legal trouble. But... Uh, <laughs> When I look at my life at age 59 and I and I consider myself to be a Boston babe based on my terminology and definition of what a Boston babe is, you know, I'm picking it up, I'm putting it down, I'm getting it done, I'm doing my thing, I'm doing my damn thing, I'm independent, you know what I'm saying, I'm self-sufficient, like, you know what I mean, I buy my own shoes, I pay my own bills, I'm good, right? 
But at the same time, I had to work and sacrifice and suffer to get whatever it is that I have. And I'm so thankful for all that I have. Uh, let that be on the record. But I really don't see myself yet, sis, as a place of success, that I have achieved the ultimate uh, success. I can't, you know, I don't necessarily have a business that I can tell people, oh, come on to the drop squad or come on to the somewhere or anything. You know, I, 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 what I do at this point in my life is something I feel the universe has led me into. It wasn't my choice. I'm not saying it's a bad lead because anything the almighty, you know, divine spirit God brings you into, it's got to be some kind of good or a lesson, a good lesson or something's going to come out of it. Right. Mm -hmm. So I go into it with obedience and with my heart because a lot of it was led by my heart to start a whole movement. I'll always tell the story. I was a very happy high school high school substitute teacher. I loved it because I got the chance to know all of the children in the school. I, I loved being around the youth and the vitality and, and having being able to impart wisdom, uh, leave a seed of legacy to the young people. Now that made me feel successful. I felt good and I loved doing it. And then being able to teach media journalism, teach young people how to get on the radio or how to get on the uh, in front of a camera and, and spit your advocacy. I love that. That made me feel successful. And then my son was arrested. Mm. He became a statistic of 600,000 black men incarcerated in America. Right? And so it wasn't just that he was incarcerated because surely he had uh, misbehaved. And when you rob people, you have to, you get a smack on the hand. Right. So the smack on the hand was supposed to be five years. But when this judge sat on that bench and put his gavel down saying 25 years for a liquor store robbery with no injuries, I didn't know the law, but my spirit knew something wasn't right with that. So... I, you know, physically I had a nervous breakdown and I recuperated from that. It took me about seven months to get, to get to that point. When I finally was able to stand up again and put on some high heel shoes, you know, that's how you know when you're bossing, right? Yeah. You put on them high heels. Um, the first thing I did was I went to a law firm and began to ask questions. And then I went to the prothonotary's office and began to ask questions their answers always led me back to something else. And I went down the rabbit hole. I chose the pill that goes down the rabbit hole. And I began to study the law. I did that, sister, for seven years. And it was right at the beginning of my studying the law, my journey of that, that I did meet a gentleman that I thought was supposed to be my study partner and instead, he became something so much more detrimental. Uh, a lesson learned. The point that I'm making is I learned the law. And by year eight, after my son had been incarcerated for eight years, I came out, much like yourself, with the only thing I knew was Facebook. So I went to Facebook and I started posting 
I figured out how to push all those buttons on Facebook and make it go into a post. And I didn't know what to say, but I knew I had a message and I just started my message. And what made it so beautiful was that all of the young people that I had worked with in the high school, they were so supportive of me. Go, Miss Rochelle, do it. Oh, I'm help you. They would even come out and help me make posts. They would help me to learn how to get onto a YouTube channel. And then it was Instagram. And then it was Snapchat and all of these other venues of social media. Now, today, as we sit here, most people know that I do a radio show with the one and only black-owned, black-operated news information advocacy and education station in the city of Wilmington, the state of Delaware, right? <laughs> Okay. And I'm, I just love it so much. And I started from the ground up with these people. Now we're growing. We're getting, we're getting big. We're worldwide internet. And we've got another tower that's going up. So we're going to reach a larger audience. We've got a new direction manager. And I want to be careful of how far I go with that part of my conversation. I want to say right now it's a healthy working relationship. Uh, but there have been people at the station since we've started growing who have made references that I am hard to get along with or hard to deal with. That was the word. I'm, she's hard to deal with. Well, why do you want to deal with me anyway? Like, I don't understand. What do you mean deal with? You know what I'm saying? Like, can we just deal? Like, that is the deal, the contract. Let's contract. I can do that. But I'm not going to sit back and be a mouse in the corner. I've come too far lifting my voice and being the strong and empowering and impactful leader that I am. I've paid my dues. I've made the sacrifices to get to this point. Do not insult me by insulting my strength and my sacrifices. Because when you do that, you're insulting everything I went through to get to this point of advocacy in my journey. God made me an advocate for a reason because of my son. But now I advocate for many, many, for all of them. But I still feel as if I'm a failure because all the work that I do, sis, and I mean this from the truth of my heart, the conversations that I have, the backdoor conversations in the shadows, with the people who can make a change. The organizations that I, I deal with, that, that I impart wisdom or offer suggestions, all of that. No one knows. No one seems to be able to identify or recognize. Thus to point, in my to date, in my mind, no one has recognized my impact and the work that I do. It feels like I'm working and nobody knows it. No one sees me toiling this field of criminal justice. If there's such an oxymoron as criminal and justice, you know, social justice, justice reform, justice impacted, all of these languages, these adjectives that describe the slavery that we're in, the 2022 slavery that still exists in America today. George Floyd helped bring a lot of it to light all over the world. But we're still in a state, in a, in, a, in a place, a mental state of slavery 
in America. And I advocate against that. But I feel, maybe my ego feels as if it goes unnoticed. That it's not recognized. Like I'm not doing anything. Like I'm not making tangible sandwiches or Blackmore bean <laughs> pinatas or something. Like I'm not. And so I feel like I have nothing to show for my advocacy. Mm -hmm. It's just me, my voice, my backdoor conversations and the emails that I send. <laughs> right? <laughs> And, 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 and my voice on the radio. Now, one thing I can say in success, this is the one thing I'll add for my success that I feel good about. I have been able in the last two years since I've been at WHGE Radio to interview 102 of our elected, highest elected officials from city council to our top head government. And I feel really good about that. Okay, good. I, that part I can say I feel good about. There aren't many journalists in the state of Delaware who can say consecutively and consistently 102 elected public servant officials that they have interviewed in a two-year stretch. In a box. Two years. I did it. And I'm about to go into doing it again. Right? How about that part? So, I think that's good because a I lot of times we, um, our ego is measuring success of what's in the shadow. You know what I mean? Like our shadow has a level of success that it's feeding off of because we're not necessarily feeding our shadow. This is the thing that's in the subconscious. You know what I mean? Like in the shadow part of me, I have this fear like, should have just listened to your mom and got your degree. You should have been out there with your legs open, having babies. You know what I mean? Like, right, right, right. And so that's why you don't get what you get and, you know, stuff like that. Or you have uh, doors that have been closed to you because you don't have that credential. Yes. And so therefore you don't have the house with the white picket fence around it and the three car garage and the pool. Like, stop. Abundance, stop. Okay. We're not going to feed that part of the shadow because that is not what is really successful to you. That is all the TV and all the people around you that make it seem like that matrix thing is not an illusion. <laughs> because my oh. definition of success is that both of my parents are still living. My children are still living. My daughters, I'm not a mother at 47. <laughs> I'm not a grandmother at 47. Right. You know what I mean? Things like that. That is a level of success. To me. Yes. And, but for, but sometimes I'm like, I don't have shit. I'm still, I'm looking at it like I'm renting. I don't have anything to show for. Yeah, yeah, I'm good. But I should have, um, That's more it. restaurants. I, I should, should have expanded. Have. Right. That, is that us or is that our ego or is that, is that the divine I think that's the ego because it's not, you're not, which is important because we need to have some type of. We need to have will. The ego is good for the will. It wills you we to need do a barometer. You know, a um, what? A barometer. We need something to be able to compare ourselves with and not let it be outside of ourselves. Mm. Um. So, but if you're in the present, and then you will have more gratitude. And if you have more gratitude, you'll have more happiness. You'll have less depression. Mm. You have less anxiety because you're in the present. You're not in the past. You're not yeah. too much into the future. 
And that's the thing though, sis, right here in my presence, I feel my intuition tells me that literally I am standing in my own greatness if I just make one move, a left or a right or a go straight or go up or go down or do some, make a curve or do something like, but I find that for any human being to, to say out of their mouth to me or about me that I'm too mouthy or I'm hard to deal with or um, you, she's bitchy you know, or she's loud or she's what, all of those things, those things are the gifts mm -hmm. that God has given me in order to do the things that I've had to do on my journey. So by saying those things about my talent and my gift, that's really an insult to God. Mm -hmm. That's the way I'm looking at it. And that just pisses me off and makes me want to, you know, like, how dare you insult God? These are my gifts and talents. But is there a point where perhaps women who are strong like yourself and myself, that we, we're so used to being independent and speaking up and being heard that people can say we're too mouthy? Is it true? You know, are we loud? Are we mouthy? Yes, we're boss and babes. And we had to work to get here to be a boss and babe. But have we lost our softer side as a result of having to be that boss and babe? I know for sure I have not lost my softer side. <laughs> you know what I mean? I just think it's important to, to strike a balance. You know, like now I'm more asking for virtues of patience, being very careful about asking it so for asking for it so much because you will be tested. Mm, well, as yes. you will be tested. Yes. Um, to be more calm, to be more cool, to be more collected in my responses, to allow myself to have time to think about something before I just react. Everything doesn't doesn't require an immediate reaction. And putting myself in situations where people can understand that that's where I'm at right now, that I'm actually tired of having to repeat myself. And by the time I have to repeat myself, that little girl in me feels like she's not heard. And so she stands up and she wants to do a lot of yelling and stuff because she hasn't had the life experience to humble her, humble her to know like, mm, that's not the way we respond. So. Wow. That's deep on so many levels to peel that back. Yeah. You said the little girl in you. I love yeah, that. Because the little girl in me had to suppress that she was being molested by her stepfather. The little girl in me, for fear of what others might think of me, had to suppress that I was being beat by my children's father. You know? Yeah. So I didn't speak about it. And people just thought I was always doing these amazing things. I was in plays. I was creating organization. My mother had Molly's Old Fashioned Ice Cream. That was something that I was able to wear as a as a badge of honor, being uh, the daughter of the first, um, you know, so-called African-American woman to have a business in the riverfront that outlasted L.L. Bean and all those <laughs> other places. Yes, like, right? we're still there. Yes. And we're actually Drum Squad Kitchen now, yes. incubating Molly's. It's yes. the opposite. So right. that little girl in me sometimes gets loud. 
because I told you I'm dealing with certain things. Um, how dare you make me feel like I'm being super emotional because I'm trying to tell you that something you did or you said hurt me. How dare you try to make me feel like it is insignificant, that my feelings don't matter. I just need to get over it. So that little girl would show up. Mm -hmm. because she is in the shadows, she's in the closet, and, and I and wasn't feeding her, I was feeding other aspects that show up as ego. Well, the mature you, the adult you, who's hosting that little girl, is bigger than the little girl, enough to be able to say, and I'm going to use for me, because of the type of work that I do is so different than the work that you do, uh, I mean, to some degree, and so... I have to, I may end up in a boardroom, in a room full of men who are business makers and decision makers. And here I am, the only female, divine female woman representative uh, to speak up and to say my piece. You know, so if there's 15 men in a room and I'm the only female, but I'm there to just conduct business as much as they are, you know, you can't call me a bitch because I've, I've injected you know, a statement of impact I mean, or spoken my truth. You can't, you, you definitely can't say it out loud unless you want your mouth fixed. And I'm not physically going to have to do anything to you. You know, I have a great ref, um, relationship with my mothers, my own personal biological mother, the mothers that are in my children, the mother that is in you. Like, you don't get to do that. Because off of social media, off of Facebook, Instagram, all of those things, I have conversations. I have conversations on my hands and knees. I have my conversations at the trees. Mm -hmm. You don't get to disrespect me and disregard me because I am all the mothers before me. So, you know, mm -hmm. you don't get to do that without getting your mouth fixed. Mm -hmm. Period. Mm -hmm. Yes. Simple as that. Ashe. I say, I say. I don't have to say anything about it, you know. I'm just like. But it seems and I feel like, like I wear that, and that's why I haven't had that. I haven't had that experience. As brown women, first of all, and I'm going to say this across the board for all natural born, divine, feminine women. Period. In today's society, in today's society, in 2022. Uh, you know, so often we find that men are wearing, you know, they're wearing the, the jackets of, of authority. I'll say it that way, for lack of a better way to, to express it. And so for women across the board who are in the boardrooms and the offices and corporate, corporation America doing commerce, we do have to deal with a certain amount of, um, I just call it bullshinaki because like I can't even think of a of a good professional word to call it. It's 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 humiliating and it's insulting uh, for them to think to put us in our place, you know, in a woman's place. Well, where is a woman's place? Uh, you know, if it were not for women, you would not be here. I, you have a belly button. <laughs> you know? So uh you better love the, love on the divine woman. Mm. But you know, I believe that well-mannered women are beautiful women, but they rarely make history. <laughs> I love that quote. <laughs> you know, I think they rarely make history. And so I do my best to be very well-mannered and good, respectful. And, and that's genuinely in my heart. And I'll be, uh, you know, like I'll talk to people and everything. But the moment... 
the moment that I feel that you were now attempting to penetrate my energy, my space with negative comments about me, about the gifts that God has given me, I'm feeling some kind of way. I got to, I got to walk away. Mm-hmm. I got That's to cut you well off. Mannered. That's being well mannered. Yes. Yeah, because if you just took out a knife and slashed that nigga, you know what I'm saying? Like, because we have had to do that. Cut his too, throat, right? right? So I'm like, no. That's why I'm like, we allow the divine to do what the divine does and know that we are always being protected and, and heavenly guided by our guardian angels that are keeping vigil for us. Yes. Yes. You want to make sure that, that you don't call nobody else that. You yeah. know, because when something happens to you or your loved one, somebody else that is a mother, you're going to remember me, that you called me a bitch. Mm, mm, mm. As soon as something happens to one of your loved ones Ooh. and you make them, and somebody makes your loved one feels the way that you made me feel, or you have to feel the way that you made me feel, mm-hmm. you're going to remember me. Oh yeah. That's the first karma. Mm-hmm. Uh, you know, you can call it anything you want to call it. I just call it karma because it's the simplest word I can think of. Karma is real and that's on the good side and the challenging side of things but the moment that you're feeling something and you think about that per you're going to think about them because you're going to remember the moment that you insulted them hurt them disrespected them you were uh you betrayed them or whatever the case is when it happens to you <laughs> when it happens to you so i think <clears throat> that's why by example, we have to set the standard because it is okay to be a boss and babe. Mm-hmm. And there are certain times where I am a boss and babe, but there are certain times I am not. Like I might choose to not be a boss and babe in the bedroom. Right, right, you right, what I'm right, right, right. I might not choose to be a boss and babe on your show unless you invite me to be that boss and babe. You know, I might choose to be a boss and babe when it's time for me to renew my lease with the riverfront. Mm-hmm. I might choose to be a boss and babe when I renew my lease at home. I don't so. think it's a choice, sis. I don't think you get to choose. You get to choose when to be those things uh, because you you tone it down. When to show those things. When to show those things. But I don't think you get to choose whether or not you are one. Either you're a boss and babe are you just not? Not. <laughs> I was gonna say you're gonna grow into being one, but, but yeah, either you are or you're not. From a divine perspective, I believe that those who are Boston babes and know it know that they chose that in their destiny. The problem is, as I had said in your previous podcast or on the Facebook Live, is that we don't understand destiny, we don't know destiny. So therefore, we might be looking at a boss and babe and trying to copy cheat steal because we want more likes or we think this is what gets you into a certain type of situation and everything comes falling down because you really ain't no boss and babe alpha female. You really beta and just need to go be your well-mannered, yes and yes <laughs> self, you know what I'm saying? Yes. On the plantation and with your husband. Yes. Do your thing. That might be your destiny. Now, see... A cosmic, uh, you know, in regards to the cosmics, to astro- astrologically speaking, I was born with an airy sun mm. uh, and a Libra moon and a Libra rising. Mm. And so I'm very, you know, there's a strong Libra thing going on, but that Aries is definitely prominent. Mm. And so 
I can't help the fact that I'm a Boston babe because Aries itself made me that, right? And on a lot of different levels. I was born that way. I was given gifts and talents so that I could be a Boston babe because God knew my journey long before I was even in the womb. But that Libra side of me, that Libra influence. Which has both because esoterically, excuse me, Libra represents the masculine and the feminine at the same time. It's androgynous. Yes. It's balanced. But it does not like confrontation. It does not. Libras will run away from confrontation if there is an exit available. If there's no exit, then yes, you better stand your ground because, honey, here comes that Libra energy. And it's going to tell you the truth. It's going to speak the truth from a balanced perspective. And if it's not in a balanced perspective, then Libras do secrets. You know mm. what I mean? Um, <clears throat> the person who broke up with me, Moon was in Libra and Venus in Libra. And as I said, I did not know I was hurting you. Mm. That my being loud in those times when I lost composure actually might have emotionally, physically hurt or damaged you. Mm -hmm. And so therefore you felt like you had to check out. But I did not know if yeah. we were in a long four-year relationship you know, if somebody who's well balanced understands what you just said, but somebody, if it's not in a balanced position, it's like, yeah, you know, the the, the scale, yeah, is like, <laughs> and Libra weighs everything. It weighs every. It can be even in a point of uh, deliberation for for months right. on one particular question or or an issue, but it does not one thing for certain and two things for sure. Libras do not like confrontation. That doesn't mean they won't be confrontational. It simply means they prefer not. If they can run away from it, they would prefer to do that. And that's you know you know mm -hmm. that's that's just the way it is, and that's all right too. So, you know, I think for me, though, personally, having those, uh, you know, where my astrology is, it's important. it is important. And then there are other things about me that, you know, that I haven't mentioned, but it really, the Libra kind of helps me to tone it down. It, it brings the balance to that hot fire Aries, you know, that fire sign. Can you imagine my it Venus helps to, is in Aries? Oh my God. So you love fire. like that. I'm a right, and I'm a sprinter, so I'm the kind of girl that will have a one night stand with you, but be like, "Why ain't you putting a ring on my finger?" Oh and it's a God. one night stand. Can you imagine a one night stand? Like, will you marry me? Like, why is oh he not asking God. me to marry you? You just had a one night stand. Aries are pure fire, pure uh, passion. They're pioneers. They break down walls. They um, they break through glass ceilings. They, you know, uh, they're the first, the first sign of the zodiac. So they want to be the first. They're their head. They're very intellectual people. What's They're the head. According to you know, but Mark. that fire, mm -hmm. that fire is not to be mistaken for any other element when you're talking about a true Aries. Yeah, and it's also like that ram, right? <laughs> That's why the they give the, symbol, the, the symbolisms are very similar to mm -hmm. the yeah. So Aries, the ram, they will. They're intellectual, but they will butt you with their heads. From the cosmophysic perspective, which is the system that Ra Aku, um, the cosmophysician, came up with, he, he talks about affinities, like two signs having affinities with each other. And he talks about Aries and Libra having, like, being particular in that they have no common affinity. It's really deep that you have Aries and Libra. 
I, and strong Libra, a moon mm -hmm. and a rising. And I think I mentioned to to you once before that my Venus mm -hmm. is in Pisces. So I love like a Pisces, very intuitively, very spiritually, and I go deep. I go very deep. And when it hurts, it hurts very deep. Pisces are, you know, you can hurt a Pisces. I am definitely sun in Pisces. Communication, Mercury in Pisces, my expansion, my Jupiter, my abundance is in Pisces. Wow. And uh, my moon and my Venus are both in the Pisces house, number 12. Wow. I am a Pisces. You are indeed a Pisces. I have Aries in a few other um, a few other areas of mine. So this is yeah. some boss woman type stuff. You understand, boss women understand cosmology in whatever way um, the universe speaks to them. Like to mm -hmm. me, universe speaks in numbers. Yes. It's, I'm a words person. Yes. So it speaks in the magic of words and words sound power. To me, it speaks via astrology. It speaks through um, the, the Yoruba pantheon as far <laughs> as their cosmology of how the world was created. Like when it's put that way, I get it. I mean, I understand the world was built, in, you know, by the Christian doctrine. I get that too. But as far as something that's tangible for me to have a real physical experience with God, that's why I love the Yoruba faith um, as far as their indigenous faith system. Of Ifa. So boss women, I'm saying, have they have that kind of understanding because it shows in their work. Mm, mm. It's not something that we're searching for. Like nobody yeah. had to talk. Nobody's teaching you how to do this thing that you're doing. M-S-I-N, the yeah. justice movement. Right. Nobody really taught me how to cook. Mm -hmm. Nobody taught me to be the chief food alchemist at Drop Squad Kitchen. It mm -hmm. is a gift. Yes. And I understand my place mm -hmm. in this universe with it. Yeah. Nobody taught me how to articulate and, mm -hmm. and that Gemini rising, that broadcasting aspect of me, mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. Um, what house it's, you know, like where it is in, in mm -hmm. my astrological chart. So I understand my words sound power as it is with writing and spoken word and how I could just say Mama Say, Mama Saba, Makum Saba. People are like, oh my gosh, abundance, that's so deep. <laughs> I'm in alignment with who I am because I know my chart. You know what I mean? So yes. You have to use that to yes. your advantage. Yes. I am a boss and babe. Yes, you are. But and I, I also think... know when it's a disadvantage because, you know, boss and babes don't respect beta type men. You need Boston, you know? Yeah. Men. So somebody yes. got to like. I'm not attracted to to weaker men. I'm not attracted to weaker men. And yet I find that so many of my relationships in my lifetime have been, because I am an alpha female, mm -hmm. I've been in relationships with lesser non-alpha males right. and uh you know the one or two times that i did come across a good alpha male you know it was a good alpha male the one or two times that i came across a good alpha male you know i mean it was a heck of a challenge but it was so much fun i loved being with them that yeah. was great but of course you know there's got to be a compromise somewhere. And the Libra in me is willing to compromise. <laughs> the Aries in me is not. <laughs> but Aries are extremely faithful and loyal um, friends, mm -hmm. lovers. Uh, they're faithful and they're very loyal to the work or the commitment that they make. Mm -hmm. uh, so make some intelligent noise, M-S-I-N. No one had to teach me how to do it necessarily. 
by the grace of God, I had 35 years of journalism experience behind me. Right. Who knew but God that it would come a day when I would actually have to implement that for a cause. Right. Because I did it then chasing ambulances and fire trucks or whatever I was doing, you know what I mean, for radio stations, television. I did it for the money and for the fame and the recognition. You know what I mean? I didn't really champion any particular cause. Now, now I'm doing it for, with a cause, a passion. And so I think no one had to teach me how to do it because it's from my heart. How are you going to take my only child, my only seed, and take it and try to put it away from me for 25 years? Are you crazy? Who, what mother in her right mind is going to, no, I'm not that mother. No, 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 no. You can't, you can't, 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 won't have it. God Almighty won't have it. My son is too distinguished. And I'm not just saying that as a mother, but his life experiences, his journeys, he is a distinguished man. He's one of God's chosen. So you're not going to just take him and do anything you want because God's not going to have it. And I'm with God, so I'm not going to have it either. So I started a movement to advocate. I already knew how to lift my voice. So no one had to teach me how to do something that just comes naturally from the heart. And uh, you just apply your gifts to your heart. That's right. But I think in some ways in closing... Um, I would love to, you know, I look at other advocates and they're all involved in all these various different, you know, platforms of advocacy and they're doing this and they're doing that and Senate bills and House bills and all kinds of things. And I'm not doing, like, I feel like I'm not doing any of that. And yet a phone call to the right person just might get one or two things moving really quickly. So I, I thank God that I've been able to build the relationships in this movement that I've built with 102 elected officials and over 500 individual advocates and people and organizations. So I'm very thankful that I've been able to do that. Uh, I did it in a way, I believe I did it in a way that showed them I was transparent. I was honest. I was respectful. I spoke my truth. And I was a lady. I was a Boston babe. Boston babes also, I feel like, have great partnerships. And, you know, we get um, labeled as those who don't, like, especially in relationships. But relationships are not just romantic. Relationships are also professional. And I think I want to speak to Boston babes having good, being able to have, maintain good relationships. Mm-hmm. You know, and for us Boston babes, when nobody's looking to not be so hard on ourselves. <laughs> yeah. Because we couldn't do it by ourselves. Like I said, nobody really taught me to do these things, but I definitely picked up things in the kitchen, being with my mom, my grandmother, mm -hmm. and my aunties. Mm -hmm. But, like, I didn't go to anybody's school. Right. I didn't go to anybody's broadcasting communication school to do a podcast for five years. Yes. You know, things like that. So nobody taught me how to be a professional social media and marketing networker for many, um, you know, successful businesses around here that I, you know, work with them. But I'm able to do that. And one of my elders who I work with, she said, I love how you really take well my instructions. Mm-hmm. 
And most people would think that I'm not able to take instructions well, but I learned that from my mother. Like, you will not be a leader until you can be led. Yes. The best leaders are those that know how to follow. Mm -hmm. You know, and I'll, I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to dovetail on that in terms of boss and babes. Boss and babes are leaders because they do know how to follow. And as much as I may or may not be hard to deal with, it depends on how you come at me as to how hard I'm going to be to deal with. I, I feel like that's really uh, an individual's choice. I'm going to be hard to deal with if you come at me in a way that's, that's tough. But I think that boss and babes are definitely women that know how and when to tone it down, to kick it up. They know how to do the research. They know how to, you know, in the bedroom, maybe not boss, or maybe they should be a boss. <laughs> Whatever it is, a boss and babe knows the timing. She knows the timing. And uh, I think that's very important too. So uh, peace and grace to all them beautiful boss and babes out there. You've been listening to Abundance, <laughs> Abundance Child. And you've been listening to Rochelle Wilson, just vibing, chilling out, relaxing here on a Sunday evening in May. And uh, we've invited you into our personal conversation. These conversations are hot sauce because they are real. They are passionate. They are authentic and transparent conversations. And that alone makes them fire. So thanks for joining. Thanks for tuning in. Did you have any uh, closing apartments? Do you, Boston Babe? Do you, <laughs> Do you Boston Babe? Do you? <laughs> Peace and grace, everyone.